Calvary Christian Fellowship is a growing vibrant church located in the New York City borough of the Bronx. CCF is dedicated to presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ through dynamic preaching, well-balanced teaching and discipleship, and vibrant worship and praise. It is our intention to raise up qualified leaders and ministry teams who will effectively impact their generation for Christ. Visit our website at www.calvaryny.org. Now stay tuned for today's message. Praise God. God bless each and every one of you. Uh, last week I had started... Um the theme growing and moving forward in a new landscape. And uh, it's very, very important uh, that we address this because uh, everything's shifting around us. Um, the weather has shifted, political landscape has shifted, uh, the financial landscape is shifting, uh, revisionist philosophies cropping up all over the world. US, uh, the USA citizens are more divided than ever before because of many philosophies and, and also uh, embedded uh, philosophies that have existed in the United States for many years that are now being addressed. Uh, so children's church being dismissed. Amen. Praise God. And then last week, I, I shared that Jesus actually forewarned us that these things would take place. He told us, actually, don't worry. Lift up your heads in confidence and continue to occupy to expand both personally and corporately. So we need to uh, be at peace. Say to your neighbor, it's not time to worry. worry. It really isn't. It's it's time to be active. It's time to occupy. It's time to know your your value, your worth, uh, how important your ministry is, how important your testimony is. It's it's vital. In uh, Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 through 8, In the NIV, it says, Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. See, so I could stop right there. I can park right there. Jesus said, watch out. Be careful. Look. Observe. Be alert. Don't don't, don't be sleeping. I find that many citizens today in the nation are sleeping. And they're almost like in a somnambulant type of life. Every day they wake up and, and they just go through the daily motions. They're not thinking anymore for themselves. Everything is thinking for them. You see them on the streets, literally walking, and they slam right into you because they're looking at their little iPhone. Yeah, hasn't that happened to you lately? People just walk into you. They're not paying attention. And they're so busy being entertained, amused. You know, the word amuse comes from two words, amuse. A is, when it says atypical, it's like almost like neutral, you know? It says, a muse, muse is entertainment. So it's like you're, you're neutral and you're being entertained all the time. And that's what happens when we are so, um, uh, so entertainment-centered, where we have to be entertained all the time. In the old days, if you were in a traffic jam, what would you do? You would sit there, if you had a radio, you'd put on the news or something. But today, we can't stand not being entertained. It gets us angry. It gets us fidgety. We'll get angry at each other. We'll get out of our cars. This morning, uh, somebody tried something new. You know, uh, you know there's road rage, but this the, the guy brought out a, a, a samurai sword. Huh? I, t- I heard it was like a samurai sword. But it doesn't make a difference. Usually it's... Uh, it's either the fists or, or a gun. But now, the, but the truth of the matter is that comes from 
entertainment. Entertainment is driving us crazy. And, uh, you know, we talk to people and, and it's, it's almost like they are in a particular wave of, of neutral-mindedness. And they're just there, just being, allowing their minds to be open. And anything that you want to feed them, you can feed them. They believe anything. They'll see anything. And uh, yeah, let's go for yeah. Just, we're just so, yeah, we, we talk about zombies all the time, but we're becoming zombies in a sense. It's, it's sad. Only people that think for themselves are the ones that will be successful. And let me put it this way. Only Christians who have their their soul alert will see what is happening throughout this nation. There's so many things that are happening and we're not, we're not paying attention. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to continue to say it. Get ready for financial adjustment this year. We don't know exactly when it's happening. I think it's going to happen either some, sometime later this summer or sometime in September. So have yourself a month or two of rent socked away just like grandma used to do and grandpa, right? Under the bed or which are the place of your choice. Have a week or two of salary. And you know, when it happens and everybody else is freaking out and everybody else is running around, and why didn't anybody tell us? No, they're saying it. The signs are out there. It's just that we're not listening. Any little thing at this point could cause massive chaos. Just the other day, I think it was just this last week, um, we had a high humidity, and one of the transformers burst, I think in Long Island or Staten Island, someplace around there. 12,000 people suddenly had no electricity. You ever saw that movie? It's not a movie, no, it was, it was a TV series, Revolution. Who, who saw it? Revolution. I liked it, I, I enjoyed that. Huh? It was, yeah, I, I liked it. But you know what it was all about? Somebody fried the main grids. And suddenly, the whole of the United States had no electricity. Almost immediately, this nation was thrust back to, I'm not going to say the Stone Age, but, you know, the Cowboy Age. Really, we depend on that so much. And people say, oh my God, what am I going to do? What do you mean you're going to do? You live, you eat, you breathe, you, you know, you take care of your family, you do what you're supposed to do. But we're so dependent on these systems that any little thing happens, it, it, it throws, throws us to a tailspin. I saw the other day that those very systems you're trusting in, they know exactly what you eat, what restaurant you uh, attend, where you shop, how much you ate, how many times you go to that shop, and you can find it right on your iPhone. We go right into it. It'll literally pinpoint where you've been all week long. No, not even an app. It's part of, you go to the main, you know, that part where, where you control everything. What do you call that again? Settings. Settings. Thank you. I'm not telling you I'm a wizard. I'm just saying I know where it's at. <laughs> yeah, you go to settings and then there's a couple of more steps. And you could actually, this thing tells you what you've been doing all week long. Where you've been, how long you've been in every place. How long you were at your work. How long you were in your car. <laughs> That's crazy. So more and more people are realizing and they're going off grid because they, they, they don't want to be attached to this monster. You know? The thing is, what really scared me the other day was that it hit me that in the same way we use this technology to talk with each other, the government or whoever takes control of these things can talk to everybody at the same time, shut down everything else and only give you their message. 
And in every nation that has gone rogue like that, where now suddenly there's just one dictator, for example, um, that's what they do. They attack the information to the people. See? So right now, if there's an emergency somewhere or somebody uh, uh, took a child that was you know, not theirs, they send me a, a, a text. I didn't ask their permission. They just do it. And at four in the morning, boom, 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 boom. Go, what in the world? Amber alert. So with all due respect, couldn't you amber me at seven in the morning? No. Somebody has the ability to talk to you anytime they please. And it's on every phone. You understand? So what I'm saying is we have to be alert. Jesus said during these times you have to be alert, aware. Say, say to your neighbor, wake up. Praise God. <laughs> and then the next thing we have to be is connected. We have to be connected to Almighty God. Connected to His Word. His Word has to constantly be flowing in and through us. Because what happens is, when your spirit man is sensitive to God and His Word, when these things happen, you go, oh, 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 something doesn't sound right. Something doesn't feel right. Right? It's the same thing. When I want to hear 1010 WINS, what station do I go to? 1010. <laughs> exactly. There's a specific frequency for me to be able to hear the guys at the 1010 WINS radio station. Simple, right? You know, we, we, we take that for granted. Oh, let, let me listen to, well, I don't listen to the news. I, I listen to XM. XM works the same way. You have to go to specific frequency. Same thing with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has a frequency also. And the problem is, we're not seeking that frequency. We're letting other frequencies dictate what we hear, dictate our sensitivities. You understand where I'm coming from? And, and Christians, I'm, sound, I'm sounding the alert. You've got to get back to relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the problem. You can't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit apart from his word. And I have found the danger in this last year and I really didn't realize how pronounced it was. But this thing hit me in the face like somebody with a carpenter hands. Bang! Suddenly. And that is, there are many Christians that don't know the word, but they're saying they're hearing God. And that breaks my heart. Because things can sound like God speaking to you, but it's your own flesh. It can sound like God speaking to you, but it's a foreign voice that really does not have God's agenda in mind. I saw the other day this, this minister, he's getting his people delivered. Said for you know, deliverance can be a double-edged sword. There's deliverance. The Bible talks about a healthy, wonderful deliverance that the Lord Jesus Christ came to, to bring. And I've been in the church a long time, people. I've been in church more than 40 years. I've seen some crazy stuff in church in the name of deliverance. And with all due respect, before I let anybody here to come and you know, deliver all y'all, I want to make sure that person ain't just crazy. You know, there's one guy, you see, in order to get people delivered, he makes them take off all their clothes in church, especially the ladies. I wonder why it's always the ladies. And then he, he, he steps on, he jumps on them to get the demon delivered. Really? If you know the word, you'll know this man's out of his mind. Oh, he's out of his gourd. 
so you look at that and you say, you know, this is sad. And then, of course, uh, churches many times, people don't respect the church. We've got to get back to the word. The Holy Spirit will always fall in line with his word. You can't say God spoke to me and you are supposed to give me a thousand dollars. We heard that the other day. A minister saying, oh, I, I see arrows all over you guys. And all of you, you, you better come in and bring a thousand dollars. And that guy left with thousands of dollars. And, the, and the, yeah, a lot of ching-ching. And the people, you know, was, oh, good. God's judgment is not going to fall on me. Really? See, if, if I was in that service, I would have said, sorry, this guy's out of his mind. Either that or he's just a charlatan and he's trying to get people's money. We have to know the word of God for ourselves. I don't care what they prophesied over me. I don't care that that person said God speaks to me. So, okay, let me hear what God's saying to you. See, we have a right to judge. The Bible says if anybody prophesies, let two or three judge what is being said. And the reason why we want to judge it is because we want to know if it's the flesh, the devil, or the word. You see? So, you know, we have to be careful. We have to be alert. We have to be wise today. How are you wise? By knowing God's word. I don't care how charismatic you are. I don't care how many tongues you can speak. You know, I really, I don't care. I want to know how much word you know. Because it's the Christian that knows God's word in this day that's going to be successful in the kingdom of God. That's the one that God's going to work through. You're going to have a lot of pseudo-Christians. In other words, they look like it. They act like it. They dress right. Right? They, 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 they know the lingo of the church. But then when you see their lifestyle, and then the things they say, out of order. You see my point? So we need to learn the word of God. So in terms of navigating in, in this new landscape, we need to have relationship with God, but we need to have relationship with God's word. God said, I honor my word. I place my, my, my word even above my own name. So if you have somebody that tells you something that sounds a little off, don't just accept it. says, good point. I'm going to investigate that. Oh, no, you don't have to. God told me. I understand. I'm going to investigate that. If somebody prophesies something to you, you go, okay, that sounds good. I'm going to go investigate that. Don't allow anybody to mess with you. I have found many people that say they're prophetic. They're not prophetic. They're pathetic. And now, I'm not saying there's, there's, you know, don't trust prophecy. The Bible says trust prophecy. But confirm prophecy first. Make sure it aligns with the word of God. And then another thing I found. I have the spirit of God. You have the spirit of God, right? We're in Christ. We have the spirit of God. If somebody prophesies something, something to you that sounds foreign to you, I, I, I never. I've heard people. Pro- oh yeah, praise God! You're going to be a singer in the kingdom of God, and you're going to sing, and the world's going to hear your word. Meanwhile, says, "I can't sing. I can't even hold a note." So what does that mean? Oh well, that means you need to study. No, that means that prophet, quote unquote, or that person flowing in the spirit of prophecy is off. That's what it means. Because God never called you to it. You don't have any anything at all that connects you to that prophetic word, you have the right to say, okay, I'm going to take that prophetic word, put it to the side, and I'm going to see God. I don't accept that just yet. I put it to the side. And you know, God says, that's good. That's a good and discerning servant. Good and discerning son and daughter. It's very important, people. You're going to run into a lot of these things, a lot of closet prophets. A lot of, yeah, they, they, they prophesy to you in the background. See, they won't prophesy in the front of the church. 
Yet in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14, it talks about the prophetic. The true prophetic should be exposed to the light so that others can judge it, so that others can see it, and others can uh, juxtapose it against the word of God. Praise God. So, you know, I'm just saying be wise Christians. Be wise sons and daughters of Almighty God. Don't let anybody throw uh, the wool over you. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 24, Jesus said, Watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ, and will deceive many. The other day, a Puerto Rican. I didn't know Jesus was Puerto Rican. Yeah, Jesus is on earth. He's in Puerto Rico right now. He's in Puerto Rico and in in New York and in Florida. He's all over the place. Meanwhile, he was on drugs for 18 years. I think his brains are just fried. That's what it is. But the people that are following him, they don't know the word. So they accept him as the, the next incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Really? You're a false prophet, sir. sure people tell him, but he's totally convinced. The worst deception is self-deception. When you really believe the stuff that you're espousing. That's the worst type of deception. This man really believes this stuff. Either that or he's a masterful uh, he controls his emotions and his verbiage in a masterful way. But there's a lot of people, oh yeah, we worship him. We Oh no, I don't worship man. I worship almighty God. The Bible makes it very clear. We even say the man upstairs. No, he's not a man. Bible says he's not man that he should lie. Or son of man that he should repent. He's almighty God. He's a spirit being. He's not limited to us. He's all over the place. He's ubiquitous. He's all over the world. All over the universe. Even at one time. He's not man. He's almighty God. Hallelujah. Praise God. He says you'll hear of wars. Rumors of wars. But see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. In other words, don't get freaked out by this stuff. All this stuff is happening, but don't get freaked out. God is in his throne. He's on his throne. He's still in control. And he's telling us, these things are going to happen, my children. So don't worry about it. It has to happen. Well, if we, another thing that gets me. I see a lot of this on Facebook. Facebook gets to me. (laughs) But among the things that gets to me is, some people say, oh, see, this wouldn't have happened if we would have prayed. With all due respect, there's a lot of people praying. Yesterday I was in a, in a, in a yearly event, um, uh, Pastor Buddha and Pastor John, they spearhead uh, Cry for the City. And I, I saw some faces of people that we've prayed with. They pray every month in, uh, around the region, uh, around the nation, people pray. So it's not that, that this nation doesn't have prayer, it's that there's been a move of the enemy, and, and God is saying there's coming a season when this thing has to happen. What has happened is, is the cup of iniquity is fast filling up. Maybe we're at the point where the cup of iniquity here in the United States is overflowing. Once that happens, several things come into place. This nation is right now under judgment. It is. Oh, this continues, we're going to fall in judgment. No, no, the nation is under judgment right now. And we have to... Did, did you want to say something you're praising God? What do you want to say? Huh? Right. The, 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 you mean the east? You got the, the, the west, the northwest. Northeast is New York City. 
Right, right, yeah. I heard that too. I heard that, uh, that because of the increase in tremors, they're, they're, they're reading that. That's how they, they, that's how they work that out. They read the tremors, and they have these tremor machines all over. I mean, thousands of miles they have these tremor machines so that they're reading uh, the, the, a good possibility because of history. They've been reading this for, I don't know, maybe 100 years or so, and uh, there's, there's uh, some evidence of a possibility that this is going to happen soon. You know, it says here you'll have earthquakes in diverse places. So I believe it. I believe at any given time the nation could experience... By the way, that's one of the things that can happen uh, this coming year that could precipitate uh, an incredible financial correction. So what I'm saying, Jesus said, don't be worried. You know what you do? Be prepared. You understand? So here, if you have, and thank you, by the way, for saying that, if you have college professors saying that to their students, they know. Why is the United States this year of all years doing some, an exercise called the Jade Helm Exercises? I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just sharing a fact. Right now, as we speak, in various places in the United States, um, the military and police departments, and I know because even um, uh, Minister Al, he just finished going through some disaster exercises too. They had him out there in the, in the sea uh, pretty much doing exercises that would help them already have some experience in case the United States and all this region has a water-based ca- catastrophe. So they're doing it here. But the Jade Helm exercise, all summer long, the military is doing exercises as to how to handle catastrophes throughout the United States. They're doing it this summer. Why? Well, they always do that. No, not this concentrated. So what I'm saying is if they're preparing for something, I mean, if it, if it quacks like a duck, if it walks like a duck, it must be a duck, right? So what I'm saying is be prepared. How, are you, how can you be prepared? Well, number one, make sure you're praying every day. Stop the nonsense of many Christians that don't do anything with God, have no relationship with God until the emergency happens. That's too late. That's nonsense. You know the Lord. I mean, it's, 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 it's similar. If you're married, it would be ridiculous that you're only hanging out with your wife once every six months. Or you just show up whenever you want to. That's not a good relationship. That's a sick relationship. And I'm not beating you up. I'm just trying to stir you up. Stir your most holy faith up. I want to stir not just your gift. I want to stir your relationship with Almighty God. Don't say you're Christian. Be the Christian. Be the follower of Christ. Be in his presence. Cry out to him. Grant him uh, ask him to grant you wisdom so that you could prepare properly for you and your family and your church and your community. The most awesome thing is if something happens, is it, there's a problem? Oh, no problem. I have some extra stuff here. I've been preparing for something like that. You understand my point? So as a church, I've already asked uh, you know, our fellow elder and treasurer to have a little something on the side. So in case we, in, something happens where we can help as a church. Wouldn't it be so cool that something happens and we have enough resources to help others? How much better to let the light shine in something like that? Right? So what I'm saying is there's probably going to be a financial correction. And we need to have a little bit of sight. Another thing, and this is just for you businessmen and women. Um, Right now, gold is going down. But that, that is because of a suppression of actual value. 
And I'm not going to get into this whole financial thing as to why gold, gold goes down, goes down. But suffice it to say, the nations manipulate the price of gold. And there's been a prophetic word for some time now that sometime later this year, maybe sometime early next year, gold will go down to around $1,000 or maybe slightly under 970, 960 per ounce. And then uh, the Lord has told many prophets in the land, he says, that's the time to buy it. Because there's coming a time where the world is going to recognize that the dollar is really not in good condition. That the dollar is actually in a very dangerous, precarious situation. And when that happens, then suddenly the, the value of the dollar will go down and the price of gold will start going up precipitously. So my recommendation, watch the value of gold. And it's as, as when, when you see it start going down to about 105, 104, um, 1,050, 1,100, if you have in your capacity to purchase a little, then purchase it. Some of you have already done that. Keep it because it's not going to lose the value. Believe you me. Now, what's happening now is, I mean, I don't want to bore you, but I want to share with you some practical stuff. You know, I love you guys, and I want you to know this. I don't want you to see the news, but, oh, I don't know anything about that. No, know it. Give yourself permission to know these things. Be a wise um, virgin, so to speak. You know, the Bible says there were foolish virgins, and there were wise vir vir virgins. So be the wise one. So what happens is, right now, the euro is suffering horribly. The Greek um, country is about ready to exit. Do I exit? Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. That's creating a chaos in the euro. The euro used to be worth about a dollar sixty to our dollar. In other words, if you want to buy one euro, you have to pay a dollar sixty at one point. Dollar fifty-six, dollar sixty, right? Now it's almost at parity. It's gone down so much, but uh, it's 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 still suffering. So what's happening? More people are taking their money out of Europe, and they're putting their money in the American dollar. Because for now, the American dollar still purchases oil, the petrodollar. It, it purchases oil, and, and other people around the world purchase primarily with money. Dollar, the dollar, the American dollar, right? But what's happening is the dollar is going up in value now only temporarily. There's coming a time when the Americans and those that are investing in the dollar, those that are investing in the stock market, are going to realize that the dollar is not really in good shape. That's not yet. It's going to come in the near future. And if I get some information, I'll share it with you too. So what's happening is, I personally, I'm investing in the American dollar for now, but I'm watching it. So what happens is, when I see the shift, then I'm going to take some of my stuff and put it in gold stocks, or just buy some gold, buy, you know, and buy silver too. Um, don't just have change, you know, chenchito, five cent, ten cent. Get silver dollars, silver dimes, silver nickels, because when that rises in, um, in value, it'll go up fourteen dollars, sixteen, twenty dollars, thirty dollars. You know, meanwhile, you purchased it at 14. You purchased it at 12. So what I'm saying, in terms of having, one of the things that God wants for us is to multiply the assets that we have. What for? So we could be millionaires? No, so we can help others. That's part of our ability to preach the gospel, to be loving. Don't say you love somebody, buy them some groceries. Don't say, I love you, be there when they need you. You understand my point? Love must be shown. So we prepare ourselves, and then when it happens, we're not freaked out because we knew about this all along. We prepared ourselves. And then the other thing, I just ha I can't continue to, re I know I'm being boring sometimes, sometimes I'm, you know, repeating too much, but get yourself out of debt. Stop playing with these credit cards. These credit card companies are making billions off of you and me. 16%, 18%, 24%, 29%. 
That is theft. You know what the scripture calls that? Usury. The scripture calls that a major sin when you rake the people financially over the coals. In Nehemiah's time, Nehemiah, led by the Spirit of God, rebuked the leaders because that's what they were doing to their own people. Your own nation is doing that to it and allowing it. And then our children, they take loans to go to school because they want to do better and it's right. But if they, something happens perchance and they can't pay the bills, oh, sorry, you can't go bankrupt. Really? They're enslaving another generation if they're not careful. So what I'm saying is, you know, for you and for your children, watch what you sign. Watch what you do business, how you do business. Don't just trust. I don't trust Citibank. I don't trust Chase. Everything I do with them, I look at it. Oh, read. Mm. Yeah, we're, oh, mm, sorry. I'm serious. Now, here's how I use the credit card. I pay for it by card, and I pay it before the end of the month. That way, amen, come on, come on, you can, you can clap. That's good advice. That way, at the end of the month, you don't have to pay interest. You see my point? And then I love it because I have a wife that watches that thing like a hawk. And she helps me out. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Yeah, because we, you know, some of us, we have that. We think it's our money. I have it at zero balance right now on my Chase card. And we helped. We, we purchased some things with that card. We got to pay it as quickly as possible. So we don't have to pay that interest, right? You know, they sent me the other day a check. Oh, reinvest in your business. See, that's code. We want you to be in debt so you can pay us interest for the rest of your life. See, that's what I hear when they say that to me. Because my mind is sensitive and trained to that. I understand what they really want. They don't care about me. They don't want me to reinvest in my business. Yeah. Pre-approved. Yeah, you deserve it. But meanwhile, on the flip side, once you deserved your vacation and you took your vacation, then they're hounding you and they call you at home, they call you at work, they call you on your cell phone, they send you these, 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 these blood dogs, these hound dogs after you. Give us the money right away. Cut your fingers off. Cut your ears off. I mean, they're horrible. Has anybody ever experienced that? I've experienced it. I, I, at one point, I remember when I was dead. They kept on calling me years ago. And, and you know, I said, don't talk to me. Talk to my wife. <laughs> well, it really didn't happen that way. I was at work and they called and they got hurt. I said, what do you want me to do? Sell you my kids? <laughs> she, she was so upset at them. Don't call me anymore. Clack. But that's what they do. They don't care about you. They want to make you a slave. She got the idea of putting the, the creditors in the hat. And each time she picked one out, she'll finish that one, and then she'll keep doing that until she was done. So when they will call her, she says, which one do you want to be, the last one or the first one I paid? But she, she got out of debt, and she did it that way. Praise God. The bottom line is you have to discipline yourself. And so what happens is our society, our marketing, they teach you to live beyond your means. And it's cool to live beyond your means. It's an image that you want to show the world. Oh, yeah, I could afford this. I could do that. Oh, no, no problem. Here's the car. Hey, no problem. 
Meanwhile, meanwhile, 50 Cent, 50 Cent the other day, just admitted he's bankrupt. And then you know what he said? He says, it's an image. That's all it is. It's an image. He says, he would buy clothing or borrow clothing or, or I get it on consignment, wear it, wear all his bling, and at the end he would give it back. What for? It's an image. And you know, you know what an image is? It's not the real thing. An image is smoke. An image is a something that is a charade, a charade. It's, it's a fake. It's, a, it's, it's not real. It's false. Facade. Yeah, I like that. A fake facade. A facade that can be easily broken right through. And we're celebrating that. Meanwhile, you don't know the stress they're going through to keep that facade going. Wow. Let me tell you. Sometimes when I'm preaching or I'm teaching, I'm teaching you, I have a plan. And then it goes this way. And this message really went this way. Yeah, yeah. See, and I, I'm trying to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to give us what we need. And we have, to be, we have to be sensitive to God because if we're not sensitive to God, we're going to receive somebody else's vision. And this is a problem. You can't take vision for granted. You have to be awake. You have to be alert. Say to your neighbor, it's time to be alert. So the next thing is you have to understand the enemy will always try to make you promises or give you a check that you can't cash. That's what he does. He promises many things to you, but he's a liar. He's the father of lies. See, so we have to be on the alert. Our spirit man has to be trained. Our spirit man has to be sensitized by the Holy Spirit to be able to know and discern what's true and what's not. And here's my point. If they suddenly come at you and offer you a deal you cannot refuse, but you have to strike now. You have to buy in now. You have to accept it now. That's the time you've run for the hills. Because they don't want to give you time to study it, to peruse it, to look it over. Because if you check it out, you will see it's full of holes. I'm not getting too many amens now. And this is the thing. That's the way the enemy works. The enemy works in darkness. But truth always operates in the light. Truth can always be examined. Darkness doesn't want to be examined. See, so don't allow the enemy to, uh, um, to move you to uh, move too quickly. The most successful people work very slowly. They look at stuff. They look at it again. You look at people like Donald Trump. As much as we don't like some of the things he says and we don't like his arrogance, but my man, when he sits down, when he looks at a building or a potential piece of land, they sit down with lawyers, they sit down with teams, and they peruse everything before they make a decision. You, don't, you just don't come up to Trump and say, Can you, you want to buy my property? Oh, sure, no problem. No. He'll say, let me, take a look, let me look at the stats. Let me look at the comps. Let me look at the value. Let me look at the history. Let me see the demographics. Let me see what the community uh, has to offer. Let me see the marketing uh, ability of this property. What's the ROI on it? The return on investment. They go, I mean, they look at it. They lift up every single arena. And then when they are convinced that they can make a potential profit on it, 
then they'll strike. So don't be quick to do things. Be slow. Quick to listen, but slow to act. Don't let people get you in stuff right away. I'm telling you, it's one of the best bits of advice I can give you as a pastor today. And then the third thing is many times um, we saw things in the past and maybe we made a mistake in the past and we're afraid to do anything. Don't be afraid because God is leading us in something new and fresh today. Don't be afraid in moving in God, but just be careful. Go slowly. Say to your neighbor, go slowly. And then the next thing is don't allow past circumstances or even present circumstances or news or the culture war to pressure you to do things that you don't want to do. I I can't stress that enough. I mean, when when I was a teenager, I mean, most of the times I got in trouble is my friends would push me to do stuff that I really didn't want to do. I just did them because I wanted to be acceptable to them. Push that. I mean, push against that. Your friends, everybody's doing it. Well, I'm not doing it. You you understand? Don't allow people to pressure you into things you don't really want to do. Tell them, I'll pray about it. You you want to turn somebody off real quick? I'll pray about it. (laughs) That's that's what you pray about. Yeah, I'll pray about it. Yeah, it's it's valuable. You know, it's a good piece of advice and wisdom. I'll pray about it. Don't allow people to mess with your mind. The other thing is, You're going to find that by nature, human beings are gossip mongers. We are. We love it. We just, gossip is juicy. Horrible things, scary things, all juicy. We love being scared out of our brains. Uh, If I'm in a highway and suddenly the the traffic stops, must be an accident. And you know the the thing that gets me the most upset? I wait an hour and by the time I get to the accident, the accident was on the other side. It's just people are stopping to look at the doggone thing. Oh, you've been in the same predicament, huh? You've seen it. They're just looking. I'm saying, hello, beep, beep, let's go. This is 55 miles an hour. You're going five miles an hour. They want to look. Because people by nature, they're curious. No, you said that. You said it. We're nosy by nature. We want to know everything. And then we can't handle the stuff. We can't handle the information that's being given to us. We have to give it to somebody else. Problem is that's called gossip. That's one of the things that God hates. But yet it's in our DNA, our Adamic nature loves gossip. It's juicy. And we're like, what's the matter with you? (laughs) Okay, okay, I got to say it. (laughs) But yet the Bible says an honorable man, an honorable woman would learn how to keep a secret. An honorable man, an honorable woman will, will, will hear something and pray and not all over the place. You know, sometimes God will even give you insight to pray for somebody. It's not for you to be blabbing it. It's for you to pray for that person. Even legally, lawyers aren't supposed to say your private stuff. Even legally, doctors and psychiatrists, they're bound under law not to say stuff. Are you aware if you share somebody's private stuff without their permission, you could go to jail? Depending on the situation? Federal, right? A federal. <laughs> Whoa. But yet, many Christians, we flow that like water. We, we, you know, we're into this. I'm saying, 
go against the Adamic nature and don't flow with that. If you hear a gossip, wow, okay, um, I'll pray about that. Just leave it like that. Don't go with that because here's what happens. And again, I'm sharing this with you as the body of Christ, so you have to be aware of this. It's an insidious spirit that, that destroys churches, destroys families, destroys relationships, destroys visions of churches and, and, and even businesses and families. You hear something like, you have to stop it. You know the, what the Bible says? For gossip to cease, just don't respond to it. Don't respond to it. In the same way you take air away from a fire, the fire cannot start. Same way, if you don't respond to the gossip, the same way, gossip cannot begin. So years ago, I spoke to my leaders. I said, listen, here's the best way we can handle this. Again, keep it in the light. Anything that should be said should be, should be open to some form of discussion, investigation, or greater prayer, right? So, if there's an issue that is brought up to any of us, right, we should know about it. It should not maintain with the one individual. And I'm going to bring you a, a principle that uh, helped me years ago. But initially, the best thing for you to do, okay, you're saying that you heard A, B, and C. Okay, fine. This is now going to go to the elders or to the pastors. And we use that as a safeguard. First and foremost, we, we definitely want to know because we want to be able to see if we can help, right? Then number two, if the person's gossiping, also, no, 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 no. You'll say immediately, go, no, 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 no. So when they say no, 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 that's gossip. If they say yes, let's take it to the leadership, that's love and concern. Because what happens is, is the enemy uses this process to, uh, in the same way Inquirer does. You know, um, inquiring minds want to know, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we want to know it all. Tell me everything, every sordid detail. But that's what they'll do. They'll take pictures of you from, they've got these powerful cameras. And they'll literally go on a tree. And your house is across the street or two blocks away. But they'll take a picture of you meeting somebody or shaking hands or giving a, a kiss to somebody. And they'll say, oh, see, there was something here. But what is that going to do? What good is that going to do to that family or that person? Nothing. It's geared to destroy. That's how the enemy works. He tries to get your mess out there and then bam, bam, bam. And this is what happens also in churches. God gives you the privilege of some information, but instead of you praying about it, you take it. You, you, you give it to somebody else. Don't tell anybody. Meanwhile, you're doing it, but don't do as I do. Do as I say. So what happens is you share it. Now you just finish breaking a very important principle because you shared your pain or your anger or... Or somebody else's anger with this person illegally because it wasn't theirs to carry. Now those people are going to look at that person differently even though it was not perpetrated against them. Now one thing I learned years ago about deliverance. I, I had the privilege of translating for some international deliverance people. Really, it, it was a privilege and an honor. Uh, I was given that responsibility by the grace of God. And I was actually able to travel different places. My wife and I, we traveled. We, we, we translated for international evangelists. I mean, big, you know, big name guys. We even went to Wales. 
And one of the things that caught my attention and grieved me is that they would go to the people, and for example, young lady, yeah, I hate my dad. So the, this international evangelist, or, or he was an evangelist, but they used to uh, do deliverance very strongly. He says, why do you hate your dad? Because he treats my mom badly. He says, did you ever see it? No. How does he treat you? Oh, he treats me great. Why do you hate him? Because of the way he treats my dad. But how do you know that he treats her bad? Because mom told me. But did you ever see it? No. Does he treat you bad? No. Here's the problem. Your mother made a very big mistake. She successfully imparted her pain in you. And you, without realizing it, you are innocent. You accepted that pain. And now you look at him with anger, with uh, offense, uh, with a root of bitterness. But that was not yours to carry. So right there, the evangelist said, what you're carrying is illegal. You need to release it right now. Your father loves you. Your mother was wrong. So right now, he, he, would, say, uh, he would have a praise. Say, Heavenly Father, I release the anger I have toward my dad. I don't harbor that grudge or that anger anymore. I release it in the name of Jesus. Then they would pray, get her set free from that. And that gave her the opportunity to go back to dad and have a good relationship with him. Because she couldn't have a relationship with him. Why? Because somebody else imparted an emotion that did not belong to them. And without realizing when you share information with other people, you're, in, you're successfully imparting in them a feeling that doesn't belong to you. And so what I'm saying to you is be sensitive. When people are about ready to talk to you, and okay, uh, if you're going to tell me something, but understand... If it's an issue with a church member, something that needs correction or prayer or healing, whatever it may be, understand the leadership will, will get this information. If they say to you, oh, no, 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 this is private, just between you and me, don't say nothing to anybody. Refuse that. You know why? Here's the next point. Here's the next principle. The next principle is we're supposed to confess to each other, right? Confession frees you. When, you have to, when you're forced to keep something in here, it binds you. So if a person tells you, listen, I, 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 I need to tell you something and I want you to pray about it, but don't tell anybody, that's a prison. Don't allow that. Don't ever allow anybody to get you to a place where they're telling you something and then they're forcing you to keep it within yourself. Because what, what if that person is about ready to tell you they're, they're wanting to commit suicide? But don't tell anybody. What if that person tells you they're about to commit a crime? What about the, they're, they're about ready to tell you something that can have serious ramifications to one other member or um, a family in the church, and you're not supposed to say anything? See, don't allow, don't ever allow that. Always say, fine, you're going to share some with me? No problem, but remember, we have to share this with leadership so we could pray, we could, we could minister. Right? Yes. And they themselves are breaking the very thing they want you to submit to. Absolutely right. They're busy telling everybody. And then here's the, pro the next problem. The next problem is when the person finds out that they've been talking about them all along. And they go to that person who shared it to everybody. That person would deny it. I don't say anything. I don't say it. It was him. <laughs> and meanwhile, you're the one that falls guilty. It's, it's a sad situation. 
So I'm sharing that with you as a pastor to empower you to be able to be used of Almighty God, not to be bound. See, in this changing landscape, there's a lot that we're going to be dealing with, a lot that we're going to be addressing. A lot of people are going to come with wounds and with pain and with baggage from their lives. And how, how, what would, how do we deal with that baggage? We help them. We help them carry it. We help them take that off little by little. Uh, peel it as an onion. Get them healed little by little. A person comes here, they should be free to be able to come and, and not be judged and, and, and not be spoken about it. Just you know, sit there, receive the word, grow, you know, and let's peel one more onion la- layer off and, and let them grow. But let's not allow these practices to afflict us and affect us. The world is changing, but you are connected to the you're connected to the rock. We're connected to the rock. Amen? Praise God. So bow your heads, and I want you to, to uh, pray right now and ask God to grant you wisdom and discernment. Because God's going to bring a lot of people your way. And every situation is going to be unique. Every situation is going to be special, precious. Every single situation is, is going to be an opportunity for you to share the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if it's a fellow Christian, it's going to be an opportunity for you to be a blessing to them, to be an encouragement to them, for you, for you to help them. And if you can help them, they might need therapy. Maybe we can connect them with somebody that can give them the necessary therapy. It might be uh, sickness. Maybe it might be something that... It's not just a prayer, but it might be prayer and get yourself immediately to the emergency room because you know, we might have that experience. We might be able to help them. But the point is, we'll point them to God and to the proper help or the proper services or the proper people or, or the proper uh, department in the, in the church that can deal with that issue. Amen? And working it together, we're going to be an amazing, an amazing vehicle for good in the coming days and months and, and even years as we continue to grow. We pray that this message fueled your faith. For more resources visit www.calvaryny.org. You are blessed and highly favored.